Hi, good evening everyone. I'm broadcasting live February 14th. which is an important day. I'll tell you about today. It's a very important day. No, it's not a very important day. It is a day that has meaning for people. Something to do with violence and torture and martyrdom historical facts. Valentine of Rome was a priest who was martyred and added to the saint calendar of saints. martyrs, so they were persecuted. So today is where we celebrate a Christian martyr or a bunch of Christian martyrs. There's a priest who was martyred. The flower crowned skull of Saint Valentine is exhibited in the Basilica. There's a reason why I'm telling this. There's Saint Valentine. All that is reliably known is he was martyred and buried. Huh, so little is known of him. So we're going to get some juicy details because it's a story of hate and prejudice and bigotry and arrogance and clinging to wrong views and so on. That's what today is about. How humans, it's a testament to how awful and terrible human beings can be. That's what today is all about. And lo and behold, today's quote, our Valentine's Day quote, has the Buddha saying that if animals can be courteous, differential, and polite to each other, then so should you be. Basically, if animals can behave themselves, why the heck can't you guys? Tehi nama bhikkhavi dirachanagata pana anyamanyang sagarava sapatissa sabhagavutika viharisanti. They can dwell with respect, sagarava, respectful. Sapatissa. What the heck is sapatissa? Sapatissa. I don't know what Patisa means. Hmm. No. Humble, maybe. Deferential, yeah. Sambhaga Vittika. 
having the practice of getting along, living in mutual courtesy. Animals can get along. So he's telling the monks, why can't you guys get along? Why can't you monks get along? Apparently in Thailand these days, um, I just heard of bizarre news this morning, all very apropos. Apparently uh, the monk who was in line to be the Sangharaja, the king of the monks, this, as we say in English, the supreme patriarch, committed suicide. Yeah. Now I think I'm not the only person to wonder how how it happens that someone who is high up in the monastic order and in line to become the most powerful monk in Thailand suddenly commits suicide. And I think a lot of people are, I mean, I don't actually know this, I'm looking it up, but bizarre. What I mean to say is a lot of people think he didn't kill himself. I don't know. I don't see any. I don't see any quotes of it. Maybe it's not true. But that's what I was told this morning by a Thai woman who visited to offer us food this morning. I asked her, "What? How is it going in Thailand?" Or she started talking about Thailand. Yeah, there's a big uproar. Monks can't get along, to say the least. There's an old story of uh, a monk who was responsible, I've talked about this before, who is responsible for uh, bringing insight meditation, the meditation that we practice into Thailand, which is now practiced by, it's now taught in the universities, the monk monastic universities, it's the big insight practice in Thailand, sort of the establishment practice. Uh, he's responsible for bringing bringing inside uh, sorry Abhidhamma studies as well. He was very big on working with other countries, bringing together monks from all the different countries, and learning from other countries. And monks were critical of him, saying, "You know what? Why are we?" Uh, Why are we bringing? Why are we bringing Buddhism from other countries? Isn't our Buddhism good enough? You know, criticizing him like as though he was he was putting down Thai Buddhism, and he was, he boldly replied and said, you know, forget about the the Buddhism that forget about the the Abhidhamma. We don't even teach Sutta in Thailand. And anyone who knows anything about Thai Buddhism can tell you. You can get to the highest level of Pali and Dhamma studies that there is in Thailand today and never have read the Tipitaka. You can get to level nine Pali studies without ever having translated 
anything besides the Dhammapada verses and commentary and and other commentaries. So you'll never have translated directly an actual which isn't really a problem when you're learning Pali, but these people are considered to be the top Buddhist scholars and they've never had any real instruction in the Buddhist teaching. There are three levels of Dhamma study and as far as I know, even the third level, I mean, that's so three years, it's, it's really, really basic. But that's it. You get to the third level and you're supposed to be a, an accomplished teacher. And as far as I know, you don't ever have to have read anything from the actual Tipitaka, the Buddhist teachings. I don't remember where I was going with this. Totally lost my train of thought. Right, the monk. Um, anyway, the long story short, he was eventually put in. He was eventually accused. It was it was really terrible. He was on. He was the next in line to become the Sangharaja. And suddenly he's being accused by some anonymous woman who was interviewed by the police and by the Sangha council, the monastic council, who says he raped her. Can you believe it? Suddenly to have, to be, to have these detractors, this woman giving a signed statement that he, he in fact, actually I don't think it was, a, it was probably signed, but yeah, at any rate, she was interviewed and they uh, accused him of raping this woman and said he should disrobe. And he replied, you know, and the Sangharaja, the king of the monks at the time, said he should disrobe, told him he should disrobe. And he, he, he should, and in Thailand it's not disrobe, but it's uh, stop being a monk, like, like quit, he should quit being a monk. And he replied by saying, you know, if I had actually done that, I would no longer be a monk. It was really absurd. They, they were really just trying to get rid of him. And they, a huge smear campaign, everyone de denouncing this monk who had really done awesome things for Buddhism. And finally, somehow, they found this woman, talked to her, and she came forward and retracted the entire thing and wrote this letter that just drove me to tears when I read it. Uh, shiver, I was shivering just at imagining her state of mind. She said, I just want to sleep at night. I, I, I can't live with what I did. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> she was really, I mean, that was just, can you imagine? She said it was not true. I don't, I've never, you know, been in close contact with that monk. I just want to be able to sleep at night. I don't want to go to hell. So that died down. And then later on, they tried to pin him as a communist when it was a communist scare in Thailand. And eventually they put him in jail for being a communist without trial. And he spent the three years or something translating the Visuddhimagga into Thai, which is now the standard translation. People asked him about what it was like being in jail. He said it was great. People brought me food every day. Uh, I had guards guarding me 24-7. Didn't have to worry about anything. Didn't have to act as a head monk of the monastery. He was the head of Wat Mahathat at the time, one of the big, the, the big um, monastery back in the day, 
it's where insight meditation in Thailand became a big thing and Abhidhamma studies in the first monastic university in Thailand all under him then he got out and they actually put him on trial and he was exonerated of all wrongdoing and they had some really hard words the judges had some really strong wording for the people who had accused him and it was really and then eventually he was reinstated so so during this time when he was put in jail of course he was removed of his rank and they actually forcibly disrobed him and made him wear white robes and he came back and started wearing robes again and they said well look you're no longer a monk and he said that's not true you can't disrobe someone else the only way to disrobe is in front of one monk in front of another and it was really interesting this whole there's a book about it and it's a really fascinating read but it's a good example of how people just can't get along Human beings can be worse than animals. It's not that animals are better than humans. It's just that animals are stupider than humans. They don't have the intelligence. They aren't capable of the great good and the great evil that human beings are capable of. Which makes you wonder whether that's why Mara is, is actually an angel, a deva, considered to be in the deva realms. We wonder whether angels are capable of even more evil. But Mara is actually an interesting case. Because um, it doesn't sound like Mara actually does, actually hurts people. He just convinces people to stay in samsara. He intoxicates them with sensual pleasure, or tricks them into being intoxicated. I don't know. There's lots of stories about this type of angel. But about human beings. Human beings can be terrible. We are too intelligent. We let our intelligence guide us rather than wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, intelligence is a weapon, but wisdom is, wisdom is not a tool. Wisdom is only useful for good. Wisdom cannot make you do evil. Intelligence can very much allow you and, and support you in cultivating evil. The intellect can be a great tool for evil people. You can be very clever. And information, logic, reason, all well, these things will help you, can help you. This is why they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Part of that is that you can convince yourself that you're doing the right thing and be doing the wrong thing. Think of the Spanish Inquisition or these people who killed the Christian martyrs. I don't know the history, I mean, but I understand they were persecuted and killed. And this was all certainly justified. And people had logical arguments as to why the earth was flat. They had arguments as to the earth being the center of the universe, the sun orbiting around the earth. So there's something else that's needed, and that's wisdom. 
Wisdom looks beyond intelligence. It doesn't describe what is like science tries to. It looks also at what should be or it looks deeper than intelligence. I mean, I think from a Buddhist point of view, you could argue that it's still the same. It's just a different type of intelligence. Because in Buddhism, we don't exactly look at wisdom as a value judgment, but it's a different type of intelligence or knowledge. It's knowledge from experience. Knowledge not based on thought or supposition or logic doesn't come from the mind, it comes directly and solely from the experience itself. There's no interpretation of the experience, there's no extrapolation, there's no, there's no, there's no part for the mind, it's, it's solely what we experience, what is observed, and what is undeniably true. That's what, uh, that's what, that's what leads to enlightenment. So, I mean, this quote isn't that, it's, it's a nice quote, but uh, it's not like a deep doctrinal teaching because of course human animals are, he's just trying to shame them by saying, you know, even animals can get along. Why can't you guys? But the reason why animals are better able to get along is, and part of the reason is they're just too dumb to, to plot against each other. They might attack each other, but you know, they forget very quickly. They're not very good at putting things together. They may have evil thoughts, but they quickly go away. I suppose even more you could say that animals are very much stuck in their routines. As a result of low intelligence, they're stuck in their ways. And what, that has the result of creating sort of harmony, right? where the predator, predator and prey are always balanced. And this is why when people look at nature, they think, oh, it's so harmonious. Of course, if you actually live in nature for any period of time, it's a war zone. Kill and kill or be killed, always killing, always fighting, always. Not really as peaceful as it seems. But animals can get along. It's a shaming because we have more intelligence. It's a shaming because we're not, we don't often use the intelligence for any good. And so I should all feel quite proud that we are using our intelligence for good, using our intelligence to cultivate wisdom through the meditation practice. We're using our intelligence to refine our intelligence, refine our knowledge to create true knowledge and understanding of reality as it is. So, good job everyone. Right. That's the, all I've got to say about that.
short quote. I'm posting the posting the hangout if anybody has a question they want to come on and ask. We need, um, potentially need uh, more people to get involved with our organization. So we're having a bit of a organizational, am I allowed to say this online? Where's Robin? I don't know if this is private information or not. This is top secret information. Well, I want to say that um, if anyone would like to get involved, with the organization, please uh, come on out. Because now that we've got an organization and we're really, we've got resources and support, we need people to manage and um, make use of this support. We also could use a um, bit of help on the on the IT side. It'd be nice if this website could be updated. It'd be nice if we could move to a more, you know, there was at one point uh, this guy from Germany who made a, uh, a better organized version of this, this site. like uh, um, I don't know somehow more stand more more standard and you know modern programming based version of the site so if anybody wants to help out with that kind of thing also the I iOS version of our app I don't think it ever happened so maybe that could get finished and if somebody wants to work on the Android app there's people with IT skills, programming skills. Please let us know. But yeah, a big part is we need um, organizational people, especially people in Ontario. If there's anybody in Ontario who wants to help out, please don't hesitate. We're having a volunteer meeting next Sunday at 12. I think there's even a Facebook. Facebook group, right? Anyway, no questions, then I'm off. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>